we, they call it a corporation, which it wasn't till not too long ago that I discovered other school districts don't call themselves corporations. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> oh, Kevin wants to completely derail me and have me start with an introduction. Oh, that would work. Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationship that helps us grow together. The messy parts of relationships or ship. relationships the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together the messy parts help us grow together you try that again because <laughs> I, I don't think you nailed it quite mm -mm. it was messy <laughs> My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKeith. And I'm Don Griffin. So, so we were starting off by talking not about the attack on our capital, but on the local school situation. Yeah, the local is, stuff that we have going on. Yeah. What's interesting is our school district is a school corporation. And I don't completely understand that. Maybe someday we would get someone from the school board to come explain all of it to us. But it wasn't until recently that I learned that not every other district is a corporation. I thought that's just how you did it. But mm -hmm. it, uh, The other thing is they are looking for a new superintendent during a pandemic. And as I understand it, and I am not an authority on this, but as I understand it, we should have been doing this before, except that there was a pandemic and the superintendent agreed, the current superintendent agreed to stay an extra year. The other thing that I understand about the last time around is that it is really hard to get applicants for this job. It's not like they're flooded with qualified people saying, oh, I really want to be the superintendent of schools. I think the issue, we, we had our first woman uh, superintendent and she was uh, the first I think so wow I mean think about it if we go back I mean we we were in school what 40 years ago yeah 45 years ago for you <laughs> I'm 40 two years older than you <laughs> I mean you know what I'm saying it's been yeah we were like we were six years old I don't remember a woman a woman uh, superintendent back then I, I don't remember giving any thought to who the school superintendent was. This is true. But I think Judy DeMuth might have been the first. They brought in Winston, who's an African-American woman who was an associate or assistant uh, superintendent. And I oh. think they kind of, yeah, I think they were, I think for the most part, the African-American community and a lot, a lot of other folks thought that they were just going to groom her like everyone knew that Judy DeMuth was going to retire eventually. Right, because uh, yeah. as Kevin pointed out, her son played baseball for IU and is now is done. Okay. That, why stay? Uh, I, from, from what we hear, and of course, everyone signed non-disclosure agreements, all the people that were involved in, in the hiring process. Uh, so they're not supposed to say anything. But 
you know, about two weeks ago, we found out that they had actually, uh, they were in negotiations with a gentleman. The three people that were, were left, two of them were women of color. And then you had this one guy who, who was white and he basically, they, they're picking him. One of the final applicants was uh, Dr. Winston. And so I've heard good things about her. I've heard. I didn't realize she was in the running for this, but I've heard yeah. good things like separate from this about her. Yeah, me too. Um, and she is. Yeah, I've I've had interactions with her, uh, like very positive interactions with her. And so it's gotten out that they had given this guy an all an, an offer already, without giving more than one person an offer. Like I, there was some talk this morning on Facebook that they had to give offers before they could allow public comment. Yeah, well, if that's the case, I don't think they gave offers to anyone else. I think they started with the with oh. negotiating an offer for this guy. Today, maybe about five minutes ago, I found out who he was. So, Ooh. And the guy, I mean, I'm looking at him. He looks kind of, I mean, I, I've done some research on him. He looks actually, it's a larger school system than we have right now. Mm-hmm. It's 31% uh, African-American or, or of, it, I think they actually said multiracial. So you got 31% children of color, I think. I mean, that doesn't even include if there's Latino. They, you know, once this got out, uh, the Black Caucus decided that they wanted to write a letter in support of Dr. Winston. Oh, um, good. Yeah, no. It no, is you don't good. like it. Bad. It is. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, I'm a, no, here's the thing. I don't want it to affect Dr. Winston. And when you negotiate with folks, sometimes they'll give you exactly what you want. If we're saying, oh, we don't want, we, we, we think there needs to be a person of color. Mm-hmm. We should have left it. Maybe you leave it at that and don't, I think maybe they did. They, the, the new letter doesn't actually say Dr. Winston in it. I think it just. No, it just says, how about a woman? Maybe a person of color. Yeah. But they had sent out a letter before that saying, we want Dr. Winston. Mm-hmm. And so two, both letters are going out. One is a press release and one is a letter. The letter went out saying, we want doc, we think Dr. Winston should have the job. Press release actually just says, hey, we, you know, let's not go backwards. We had two opportunities to have a, another woman and not only that, a woman of color. Yeah. And we picked the easiest uh, one, which is a man who, and he he is a superintendent already and i think the other two candidates have not been a, been superintendents I, uh, yet so yeah. how do you feel about it? i mean i i get that, that maybe that's a lot i don't of know I, I i don't know i have people on the school board with whom i disagree but who i also admire for doing that work because you could literally you could not pay me enough to be on the school board well, they don't pay enough. That's no, but I mean, even if it, even if someone came to me and said, Amy, you could quit all other work and we will pay you a million dollars a year to be on the school board, I would say no thank you. Yeah. Because you can't win. Like, there's you can't win. <laughs> like, people will hate you no matter what you do on yeah. there. Yeah. And the meetings go on forever. And I am not good at meetings that don't have a clear end time. Hmm. They make me come out of my skin. <sighs> hate it (laughs) so what happens for me with school board stuff is with these people um that i 
admire is that when I have a chance to like sit down with them and hear like all of the minutiae that went into a decision, a lot of times, and I'm not saying every time, but a lot of times there's pieces that I had no understanding of at all. Yep. And I'm like, oh, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily want to have understanding of all of it because it's a lot. And I've got to use my brain for other things, too. So, I, you know, I, I vote for people that I trust. And then I sometimes disagree with them and sometimes don't. Yeah, it's a hard job. And, and you're right. There are people on that board that I do uh, that I like a lot. You know, I, I'm, I'm torn a little bit in the sense that I actually think the guy's a good candidate. Yeah. So that's what that's that's what's hard. So it's not really about him. It, what we're saying, what what I'm this is me. Mm -hmm. My issue is not with him. Mm -hmm. My issue is with the pattern of MCCSC not keeping qualified African American teachers and administration. We have a good candidate in Dr. Winston. You're right. There's no reason for her to stay here. Why would she stay? Yeah, the current one you're talking yep. about. Yeah. Mm. So you see here's what I'm some saying? things okay. I do, but here's some things that I know also is that we have a good old boy problem in our oh, schools. Yeah. Yep. And in our administration. Yep. I saw a meme the other day that was about. Uh, I'll, we'll follow that Monroe County school parent list on Facebook. We'll follow their rules and not name specific schools or names, but it was a meme about an administrator. It was like two pictures. What The first picture is like of a very calm, asleep face. And the next picture is of the face like wide awake and screaming. And with the sleeping face was the text, seize Confederate flag. And the text for the screaming one was, seize a midriff. Wow. Okay. Right? Yeah. Which was done by a student. And I've had, you know, direct experience trying to advocate for a gym class where the F word isn't thrown around. Football? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that was in 2015. So it was a little bit ago. You and I have exchanged these stories before, but. Okay. My oldest came out before freshman year in high school. And at the time, my dad would stop by the house and say, Amy, you have, you have two other kids that have to go through this school system. Don't piss off everyone with your first one. <laughs> and he was super worried. He's actually right, though. And also, I wanted my kid to like get to choose whether or not she was going to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and like what action that she wanted to take. I was already horrified by several things that had happened. And that, that's not my story to tell, but a lot of bad things had happened. And by the time uh, we were missing the third pair of gym shoes, I said, you know, I, I can't afford to keep buying new gym shoes. Can I please go in and talk to somebody? And my kid said, okay. So I went in and I'm talking to this vice principal. And first of all, he got my kid's name wrong every single time. He told me I was basing my understanding of the school culture on one kid's whining. Seriously? Seriously. 
Um, and I, like, I kept coming back to it. I was trying to use my RCT in it. I was like going to find our one true thing and, and find something we could connect on. I wasn't going to beat him up. My kid actually thought some good things about him. So I was holding out for something good. And the administrator wanted me to say, to name names. And, you know, that's not really what we want. We want a culture where it's not okay to call the boys gym class ladies in order to motivate them to move faster or where kids can't just yell the F word whenever they want with no repercussions. Like we want a culture where that's not okay. So then I said, I was very well prepared. I said, you know, there've been some studies. And like at that moment, he rolled his eyes. Oh my God. I know what F word you're talking. We were on the wrong, we were, I wasn't <laughs> getting it for the longest yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I get it. I'm sorry. Right. I thought you were talking about a curse word. No, no, no. I use that word all the time. I yeah, use that word all that's the what, time. That's what was confusing me. <laughs> so what happened I, to Amy? I was, I was confused because I use it on this show all the time. So, uh, me too. I, okay, so I understand, which, I understand exactly what you mean. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So I... <laughs> now I'm now I'm just now I am pissed. Yeah. Now I understand what you mean. <laughs> um, so anyway, he rolled his eyes and I just completely lost like all of my goodwill at that moment. And I like stopped myself in the middle of a sentence and said, Did you just roll your eyes because I said research? And he said, Well, yes, because I live in the real world, not in like the research world. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't think this conversation is going how I had hoped. I'm going to leave and maybe try to come back again sometime and we can have this conversation. Um, because what I was advocating for was uh, cultural competency training for teachers and staff at the school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did not get it. I basically got laughed out of the office. And I determined at that point that I was going to very quietly go about uh, getting this training implemented. And so I talked to anyone that would talk to me to learn more about what it was like in the school, to learn more about what it was like to be involved with LGBTQ plus kids in the school. At the time, the kids were advocating for a gender neutral bathroom. They were getting, you know, bumped back every time. And I'd, I couldn't make, I couldn't make progress. With the help of a local group called PRISM, not prison, but PRISM, which is a local social youth group slash support place for LGBTQ plus kids ages 12 to 20, that when you're allowed to meet in person, we host at, our, at the Bloomington Center for Connection. So together, we planned to talk at the school board meeting, and we kept it on the DL because I didn't want to be discouraged from it. And on the day of, it got out a little bit and we got a little bit of pushback where someone said, you know, only one person can talk about each issue. And so the kids got together and they each chose a different issue about this. It was, it was really fabulous. Someone talked about bathrooms. Someone talked about language. Someone talked about sexism. We didn't make like reservations ahead of time. We just showed up at the school board meeting. That day, one of the uh, like public education supporters. And I agree with this person most of the time, but that person reached out to me and said, I hear what you're doing. Does your child know that this will be on their record forever? Are you sure 
that your kid wants to do that, maybe maybe you should just transfer to the nicer high school. Wow. But anyway, they they did this and it was amazing. And within like two days, the school board was like, oh, let's have that cultural competency training. Hmm. And the the kids actually trained over 600 teachers and staff. Wow. Um, and that was fantastic. But my point is, it was only through like some gymnastics and sneakiness that we got it done. Yeah. Clearly, your uh, your eldest, you know, was a smart kid. I mean, he got into Northwest, or they they got into Northwestern. I'm sorry, I, I messed up. She <laughs> got into she got into Northwestern, right? Mm -hmm. A mate, right? Mm -hmm. Dexter, mm -hmm. amazing student, right? Yes, but and their talented. Ex but their experiences with that school, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's out of some kind of movie the things that they had to go through that I didn't even know he was going through mm. dealing with teachers. So he didn't tell you? He, not until, not till later on did he tell me. I'm probably telling his story and I got to be careful about telling his story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I saw something firsthand. It's not my story. Say, we cut a story here that would have confirmed the good old boy thing in the way Don's stories tend to do. Yeah. But that is his story to tell. I mean, it was it was part of my experience, but it was really his experience. It, it would be like them making a movie about me because I knew Dexter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like the help. Movies <laughs> 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 like that. And what was the other one? The Green Book? Yeah. The Green Book. I don't know. It 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 made me realize what other African-American boys and girls, not, not just African-Americans, but people who are not playing basketball or baseball or football, right? Or tennis, mm -hmm. what they must go through. I, things that I can say about our local schools, my kids didn't have any black teachers with the exception of one semester of a gym teacher. When they were doing the advocating for cultural competency, particularly towards LGBTQ plus issues, more than once people said, it's easier to be LGBTQ than to be black in this school. Maybe. I mean, unless, you, not, unless, you're, unless you're working for the plantation, meaning you're running a ball, you're catching a ball, you're putting it through a hoop, you're, you're you know, you're, you, you, then they treat you differently until they use you completely up. You have the, the best, uh, one of the best basketball coaches in the entire country, they claim. Mm -hmm. And yet very rarely do you have an African-American succeed uh, on that team or even get to play on the varsity team that's interesting if you think about it if you think about our 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 basketball royalty african-american basketball royalty that we have they've all mostly came from north but african-americans know that you won't get any no matter how talented your son is most likely you will not get any playing time and if you do, you have to, it has to be in a system where you can't be athletic. You have to be where he wants you to be. 
it's that old Bobby Knight mentality. Like, mm-hmm. like you're not smart enough to not do what I tell you to do. Exactly. Does that make sense? Oh, I don't want you yeah. to use your athleticism for anything. Well, we talked about that when we did our Bob Knight show uh-huh. and that it, it took me a long time to get to where I understood that my ideas about what makes good basketball were steeped in white supremacy. The whole idea of a general, your general <laughs> meaning you just yeah. have soldiers that do what you say. You are in control of everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the point is <laughs> we have a good old boy problem as illustrated by the story that is cut and having a person of color in leadership, I believe would help with that. I think it's harder for a white person to see white people have a lot more inner racism to overcome and implicit biases to overcome. Having a person of color in a leadership role, I think could attract a more diverse teacher that's what population. I'm that's what I'm thinking because there Could, just isn't and even the ones uh, when you talk about LGBT how many representatives do you have in the school system right now openly oh th- there aren't a whole lot of open I don't think more than black teachers I well, yeah I, I you know we we talk about Bloomington not being perfect but I think except for a few gyms out there. I think our school system might be the the most Indiana thing that Bloomington has. If you stepped into our school system, our schools, that's that's the one place you would feel like you were in Indiana. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we yeah. had we made national news several years ago, I think in 2016, because at one of the high schools students were offended by the rainbow flag that kids wore on the day of silence or on coming out day, one of those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they came to school the next day wearing the Confederate flag. Oh, yes. I remember. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> one of them was that tow truck driver that went, uh, remember? Oh, The gosh. tow truck driver that, uh, <laughs> that got fired from his own family, his own parents, uh, uh, because of the, the, the things that he was saying. Seems so far far ago, but it probably was like six months ago. <laughs> it yeah, you know what I think it was. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm super uncomfortable with this episode, and I did not know we were going into an episode that would make me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were going to do like really cut and dry stuff, like ah. you shouldn't threaten to hang government officials. But I think we can talk a little bit about what's happening nationally. Okay. Uh, last week, had had they stormed the... Uh, yeah, the night before. We were still sort of like, what? Have you seen the demographics of these people? There are a lot of police officers, lawyers. Orthodontists. Orthodontists. Um, I think it's funny to see people's reaction like, what? Racism can wear a tie? Well, either that or they say they completely deny that. And they're like, oh, it was all ignorant people that don't know any better because. Yeah. And and that's not true. Yeah. I've got several Facebook friends that were actually there, but they were talking about. And I, t- I think we talked about this before, how it was peaceful and where they were at. And they didn't see anything like that. 
Yeah. And that, uh, and that it was staged. People think it's staged. What they mean is that the police were peaceful. I'm sure that we will have this Twitter thread in our notes, our liner notes. But I like spent some time really digging around in one of them this morning. And she had videos, because she was there, the person who did this uh, thread. And she had videos of the interactions between the police and the demonstrators. And I, I mean, I assumed that the police weren't, you know, giving it their all, but I was shocked at it. There were police like just sort of walking through and chit-chatting. And then in contrast, she put a video of police in one of the DC demonstrations this summer where they're pushing back the crowd and they're very effective. And the there's one guy in the crowd who's like, yelling at them and saying, why, why do I have to move? Why do I have to move? And the police just pull out their spray thing and spray them in the face. <laughs> like, and uh, I think they used some, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like that. And it wasn't organized and it wasn't. I mean, they, they used the, they were using the spray later on, but that's when they were being overran. <laughs> like it was time to actually use rubber bullets. Not once did you see rubber bullets being used. Like the rubber bullets that, that the yeah. police were using on the press over the summer. Do yeah. you remember that? Yeah, and I, I want to say, for the record, I'm opposed to that. What, no matter no matter who it is. But also, there's a difference between... Well, but Amy, at that point, when you have a, a, a crowd trying to get to people to actually kill and maybe lynch the, their de deadly force does need to be used i mean you, 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 you understand what i'm saying if they're if they're mm -hmm. trying to get if they had have gotten a hold of nancy Pellet, uh, right what do you right think no, happen? yes i i don't want i didn't want anybody to be killed for sure um, mm -hmm. hey even pence they were not playing i did find on my little uh you know i have my pretend person on facebook I got lots of information from that account last Wednesday and Thursday, but when I got on yesterday to sort of see like what was happening, what, what to look out for, he hardly has anything interesting on his thing because all of his um, QAnon groups got, got banned. Like <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is boring. A few nonsensical posts and not much else. Yeah, some of them are quiet, but some of them aren't. Kevin sent me a list of questions. Okay. Uh, one was stuff from sort of an amalgam of the people on Facebook on, on his feed that post stuff that I would expect to see on, on your feed <laughs> from your Indianapolis realtor friends. Uh, but one was like talking about how since now Biden's president can the conservatives borrow the not my president hashtag saying this is what we're going to be doing for the next four years. And it's interesting because when I read it at first, I'm like, ah, oh, geez. I mean, they're not the same. Just like um, they're comparing uh, what happened at the Capitol to what happened in Seattle. At least they're not burning down buildings and looting. And I want to be like, but you, you like, Black Lives Matter didn't start the fires. Wait, isn't that a Billy Joe song? 
Yeah, there's actually a Billy, a new Billy Joel song called "Black Lives Matter Didn't Start the Fire." Is there really? No. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't start the fire. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Kevin, Kevin said there will be soon. You're right, Kevin. <laughs> I could get my little sister to do a parody of that song. Mm, yes. I forgot. I do have to go, y'all. Okay. Well, um, one other local thing that I wanted to just touch on. <laughs> the homeless camp? Uh, that's a whole nother thing. I wanted to talk about the rally, the national rally, and... Uh, Kevin shared with me uh, an article um, that we will put in the links about yes. how uh, white white supremacists have rebranded. And gosh darn, if they weren't describing the exact people that are in our farmer's market. And in fact, I, I think they were the exact people. In the, I, I think the guy that they mentioned... I think he was there. I think he's one of the guys that showed up. Or was that guy Diesel? Wasn't there another guy named Diesel? I, or something? I don't know. I don't know. But it, it did seem to me a, a very solid argument for not having Nazis, no matter how organic their food is, in the farmer's market. And that the people that were there are. Yes. They had the Indiana Three Percenters were there. They rebranded themselves as patriots. Yeah. Ugh. And the Blue Lives Matter, that's just, that's BS too. Yeah. Patriots who care about organic food. I'm, I, I wonder if the guy in jail who wants his organic food, the Viking guy, uh, is friends too with them. He got- Who got his organic food. Yeah. Which is crazy. I know All you've right. got a meeting. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's okay. I feel like we should bottom line it just a little bit. Okay. That, do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> representation matters and uh, particularly i think it's even more obvious when you're talking about kids and a school system that you want kids to have diverse role models and uh, other and it's not just african-americans that need to see african-american leaders in the school you know in oh, front of the school it's everyone that's that's yeah. what's going to stop racism that's what's going to stop bigotry is when we get to know each other. I, I mean, that's what I think. That's what we talk about all the time. After we get, after we die down from being upset about everything that has happened, at the end of the day, I think our mission should be that people can change. You know, mm -hmm. a person that's racist may not always have to be racist. Maybe they just need to start to get along with the black person that or a gay person or what i mean i don't know i mean i think we have to have that open mind to to some, an extent some days. to I an extent so. i i'm saying that right now but then i'll change my mind and just as i go into this year one of the things that i'm thinking about is like personally is is being more out loud about what i think which you would think if you're a listener to this you think i do it all the time but i i don't actually a lot of times i'm really quiet and i've been thinking about shifting that a little bit and and one of the things that i think needs to be said is when you have people doing and saying racist things i i, I think the first thing that has to happen is you you have to stand up to it and say no the repairs and stuff that's like a whole different thing that comes after there's been a commitment to change i see what you're saying yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense all right you go to your meeting 
All right, guys. I'll see you next week. Thanks for Ah. listening. (laughs) This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKee's LCSW took place in separate locations in Indiana on Thursday, January 14, 2021, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKees. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. Did you say, I think you said I'm Amy McKees. No, I said I'm Amy McKeese. You put a little lisp at the end for some reason. You, you might have to do the whole thing over. You think? <laughs> and I'm Donald Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>